Lovely. Thank you, Alan. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks that you are a God who speaks to us. You spoke to Daniel through that vision. And now today you speak to us through those words and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'd help us to listen to all you would say to us this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I love the sea. Don't know about you, but uh, I do love the sea. Uh, but mostly I love looking at the sea and I love breathing in the sea air. I don't mind swimming in it as long as it isn't too cold. But what I really don't like is being on it in a boat or a ferry or a catamaran or something like that, being tossed about by the wind and the waves. I have to stare at the floor of the boat because if I see the horizon going up and down and well, you know the rest. In the Bible, the sea often stands for chaos and disorder. And that's why in Revelation 21, verse one, right at the end of the Bible, as John describes his vision of the new creation and the new heavens and the new earth, he says there was no longer any sea. It's not that God's going to get rid of water or that water itself is somehow bad. After all, half of Jesus's disciples made their living from it. There was no longer any sea means God is going to get rid of the chaos the nothingness, the untamed evil that the sea represents to the Israelites. And did you notice from where the beasts emerge in Daniel's dream? In verse two, Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. They came from the sea. These beasts stand for that which is against everything God has done. They are chaotic, destructive, evil. They're trying to undo the things God has made. No wonder, Daniel says um, in verse 15, I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I'll bet. Now, it's no secret that I don't sleep particularly well. Um, I sometimes have dreams that are disturbing, but most of the time they're just a bit weird. And they, you know, you know what dreams are like, don't you? You have some random person from this bit of your life and then a random person that you've not seen since primary school and in some random place in the world and some random, it's just all weird. It's this mishmash, isn't it? It's your brain. But I've never had a dream quite like this one where I've woken up absolutely terrified once or twice, uh, but nothing really quite like this. What do all these beasts mean? Well, actually, we, if, you're, if you were interested, we're going to find out more about that next week. People try and identify the beasts as four kingdoms. It might be uh, Babylon, Persia, Greece or Rome. But actually, I think that misses the point. So this week, we're going to focus on what I think the point of this is. And then next week, we'll have a think about the different beasts. Now, have you ever tried to find your glasses or your sunglasses um, and hunted all over the house, maybe even in your car, only to realise they're already on your head. You ever done that? Have you ever looked for something in the fridge and stared at it for hours, it feels like, where is this thing in the fridge? And then it's there, right on the middle shelf, right in front of your eyes. Have you done that before? Um, have you ever totally missed the point in a conversation and then felt like a complete numpty when you get home and realise, oh, that's what they were talking about? 
In case you're wondering, I have done all three of those things several times. It's really easy to miss the point that's staring us right in the face sometimes. And in these 14 verses, um, it is easy to miss the point because the beasts are so terrifying. They sort of distract us. But actually, the point comes in the second half of verses 1 to 14. In verse 9, Daniel says, as I looked. In verse 11, he says, then I continued to watch. In verse 13, in my vision at night, I looked. As Daniel looked at these terrifying visions of the beasts, in, uh, while Daniel looked, as the beasts were rampaging on the earth, causing chaos and looking for all the world like they were undoing the good work God had done in creation, as he looked, something else was going on. As I looked, he says in verse nine, thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. Now, ancient is not normally a compliment these days. If I described any of you as ancient, I suspect you'd probably want to punch me in the nose. But here it means permanence. It means wisdom. It means depth. It means faithfulness over countless ages and generations. This is not a decrepit old man hobbling up to sit on a chair because he can't stand up because he's too weak. This is the powerful, almighty creator God sitting on his throne in heaven, surrounded by countless worshippers. Daniel says 10,000 times 10,000. It doesn't mean that there are going to be 100 million people in heaven. It's just a, a massive number. There are going to be so many. And what is God doing? He is sitting in Daniel's vision. He's not out waging war against the beasts. Isn't that interesting? The beasts are rampaging all over the place and God is sitting on his throne. He's not out waging war against them because he doesn't have to. You see, in the lower story down here, those beasts, the human kingdoms, the empires, the wickedness, the depravity and the evil, they seem unstoppable, don't they? I don't know about you, but I look at the news and it's just it just feels like it gets worse. It's hard not to feel down. It's hard not to lose hope down here in the lower story. But as Daniel looked, God lifted the veil on the upper story and Daniel saw the secret of history. As Daniel looked, verse 11, the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. Just like that. There's no Lord of the Rings style epic battle raging over days and years and months. The beast is just destroyed. It reminds me of one of my favorite verses in the Bible, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. The lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth. Just like that. That is all Jesus has to do to conquer the evil one. Is that not incredible? Is that not amazing? <laughs> It's not that God is sitting on his throne because he can't be bothered to fight. He doesn't have to. The secret of history is this. For all the power and the bluster of evil in the lower story, they don't even compare to the authority and power of God 
the ancient of days, which Daniel saw as God lifted the veil on the upper story. The secret of history is this. God is able to keep his people safe. Remember, Daniel is in exile. God's people were enslaved, taken away from their families, their homes, the very land God had promised them. Some of them died without ever seeing it again. This is not a promise that everything will be okay. It's a promise that even when things are very much not okay, God will keep his people safe. He is able. He will not lose a single one. Evil doesn't stand a chance. It's not even close. It's not a close fight. It's not one nil after extra time. It's like a bazillion nil before they've even announced the team sheet. That is the God we worship. Daniel was blessed with a vision. It was a disturbing vision and it, and it gets worse. But it showed Daniel what God's people need to hear. God lifted the veil on the upper story so Daniel could encourage those of us in the lower story that even though we are surrounded by chaos and evil and pain and sadness, that is not all there is. History is not random, uncontrolled chaos. God knows what's going on. And though all the beasts in the lower story don't know it yet, their days are numbered because the lamb wins. And that, my friends, is history's secret. The lamb wins. Hallelujah. If we were in church, I'd make you all shout hallelujah. But hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we face challenge and pain and sadness and difficulty as we look around the world and see so much chaos and evil. Help us learn the truth of history's secret. Help us learn the truth that through it all the lamb wins, that you are sitting on your throne and that one day you will bring order to all of that chaos that one day you will wipe away all the evil and all the pain and the sadness. That one day your victory will be complete and we will join that countless multitude worshipping before your throne. Help us not lose hope because the Lamb wins. Amen. <laughs>